Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And today, it is time for a girls' basketball Sweet 16 preview. The GHSA State Playoffs in full swing. Before we talk about that, I do want to touch on the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School. More information on sandyspiel.com and at kylesandy355, but an individual player showcase camp, an opportunity to get some work done in front of college coaches, skill work, and also gameplay, media, in attendance, videographers, photographers, all that good stuff. Waitlist is still available on the girls' side, currently full. Boys' side, we have more spots available. Uh, girls go at 10 a.m., boys at 4 p.m. Check that out sandyspiel.com but let's get into it class 7a before we go into 7a actually let's talk about how we did as a whole 113 out of 128 picks corrected or selected correctly 88 percent hit rate there not too shabby for the first round but in class 7a one of my weakest classifications got just 12 of 16 games right so hopefully i will steer this ship back in the right direction top left hand side a loser i picked colquitt county to lose to archer i was incorrect colquitt county protected home floor against archer 50 to 43 and now they see campbell 68 45 winner over marietta avenging that earlier loss in the season when campbell was not at full strength I am going with Campbell. That is my pick here. Campbell has Colquitt County having to go on the road now. Now they have to see Sanaya Binion. They have to see uh, Brooke Suttle, who's going to Penn. Marley Battle, who's getting better and better. Ty Harvey, who came back from injury early on in the season after missing a couple games. Uh, she's been a big addition, providing that versatility as about a five foot nine inside-outside forward wing-type player. Campbell's really playing good basketball right now. Colquitt County with Amira Walter-Smith, uh, a three-point shooter that's going to get those shots up. If she is red hot, they have a chance to win this game. But if she turns into a volume shooter and just isn't able to find the basket consistently, I think Colquitt County will struggle. And for that reason, I think Campbell wins. Next up, it was Lambert, a 62-40 winner over Duluth. They will see Cherokee 72-52, a victor against Central Gwinnett. I am rolling with Cherokee in this one. Lambert, again, they had that really nice stretch in the middle of the season when they blew out Milton by 33 points, I think it was. Uh, but they're going on the road to Cherokee team that's really starting to uh, gel together under Coach Sharon Swanson, her first year on the job. Read that quote on Twitter this morning. I believe it was offense sells tickets, defense wins games. But Coach Swanson says rebounding wins championships. And I think Cherokee, they do have the size advantage inside with Riley Simmons, who is going to USC Aiken as a stretch forward, but is strong. And then Tony Warren, if she is able to find her stroke from the mid-range, Lambert may struggle to stop her. But, of course, Lambert with Anna Rose Tyree is a very good guard that can get downhill and make plays. And Kenzie Wire and Parker Whipple both also very good guards, but I do think Cherokee has a little bit more experience as far as playoff runs go, and the game is going to be at Cherokee, so I am going with the Warriors. 
Bottom left-hand side, Newton, 50-43 winner over Camden County. Um, just how we talked about that South Georgia region and how it was interesting to see how they would fare. They did split 2-2, two and two, not bad at all, but Camden County going on the road, unable to get the job done. So both uh, road teams in Region 1 fell. Uh, but a big win for Newton. They were in control and then was able to salt it away after Camden cut it to about four points or so with maybe two minutes left in the fourth quarter. But now Newton sees North Paulding a 68-33 winner over East Coweta. North Paulding is my pick here. They have all those veterans. They're going to have a major size advantage inside against Newton, who does have some good young forwards. Uh, Skyler Level is a good player to keep an eye on. Um, but Ava Andrews has been really good. She had a really good first-round game. Marina Sapola can really shoot the lights out from the perimeter. Kaden McCorvey does a really nice job on the inside as well. And then Morgan Landrum is a freshman that leads the team in rebounding for North Paulding. I think Newton, if uh, Sanaya Tripp and Maya Perry get hot and get going, they can hang around in this game and make it very interesting with that backcourt tandem. But I do think North Paulding is deeper and is older, and they do have home court advantage. So I am sticking with my pick of the Wolfpack. And now to finish up that bottom left-hand side, a game I got wrong. North Gwinnett, a 60-53 to winner over West Forsyth. I said the one girl West Forsyth could not get and lit get going is Caroline Bevan, and Bevan went for 26 points. And if you let another team's best player go buck wild like that, you're in trouble. And North Gwinnett advances to see Buford a 66-21 winner over Wheeler. Buford, that is my pick to click here. I just think they're going to have way too much firepower uh, for North Gwinnett. And even dating back to that region championship game when they played Norcross, North Gwinnett scored just 19 points. And uh, I don't think they're going to be able to score 60 against Buford, even though Buford's going to have that game at a very high tempo. But I think Ava Grace Watson going to Ohio State is just going to be way too much corral. And then, of course, Lydia Ledford has had a great sophomore season. I think Beban put some points on the board, but I'm sure Gene Durden and company will make it a focus to not let her get going. And then that press is going to zap a lot of energy out of her. And they're probably going to try and force the ball out of her hands when they can. And I think that's going to happen a lot with the press, so I'm going with Buford. Top right-hand side, another game I got incorrect. North Cobb, 45-40 winner over Mill Creek. Coach Spini's last ride. North Cobb, those seniors not letting him go out in the first round. It's been a great season for North Cobb. They've won 20 games now. And now they see Norcross, just a 54-44 winner over South Forsyth. I was a little bit surprised to see that game that close. But again, if you listen to the last podcast with Janae Aikens out and injured, uh, Norcross, they just don't have that that umph in the backcourt, which they once had uh, with their Mercer signee out for the rest of the year. South Forsyth coach Gravit, a very good coach, was able to make that game interesting, at least by the final score. Um, but I do think Norcross uh, locks back in with that defense with Mariah Valerie. And Justice Fitzgerald, they had that size inside that will make it tough for North Cobb. Um, but I think Norcross is going to have to play well to beat North Cobb, uh, considering they were able to get that win over a talented player in Bella Ragone and the rest of that roster. So I'm going with Norcross here, but I think North Cobb makes this one closer than I may have initially 
expected when these brackets first came out, especially considering I didn't think North Cobb would make it to the Sweet 16. But I am going with Norcross in the House of Blue. Next up, McEacher in a 60-47 to winner over Westlake. Now they see Grayson 74-50 over Richmond Hill. These two teams hooked up earlier in the season. I will let you know the final score from when they played, and it wasn't crazy long ago. They played that game January 20th, and it was close in the first half, and then third quarter I think it started to slip away a little bit, and then eventually Grayson ran. Ran and hid from McEachern with the 24-11 fourth quarter after they outscored McEachern 14-8 in the third quarter. At halftime, that score was just 30-21, to um, but Grayson way too explosive. Won 68-40, and I expect Grayson to win again against McEachern. I don't think it's going to be 28 points. Um and I think McEachern and Coach Phils Arthur will have a good game plan and will try and slow this game down, make it a defensive half-court battle, let Khalees Hill uh, hit some shots and get downhill, and then hope Jada Bates is uh, locked in and red hot and can steal this game. Uh, but Grayson, just too powerful, 28-0 on a warpath to make it to Geico or Dix or whatever they want to call that national tournament. It's their spot to lose and I don't think they're going to lose it. So I like Grayson to get past McEachern in a game that will be much, much, much closer than that first meeting. Bottom right-hand side, another loser I got wrong. Dekula was beat 55-44 by Walton at Walton. A very nice win for Walton um, to get that W over a Dekula team that um, showed some punch all throughout the season. But Walton has had a really nice year this year. Uh, one of their best seasons in history. I know they were really good last year. Um, but for them to get back to where they were uh, a season ago after some injuries and some graduation, more so graduation, uh, very impressive. But the three ball was falling. It was 55-49 is what now I see reported. 55-49 winner for Walton. But Chloe Nicholson had 18 points and Grayson Ellen 18 points as well. So those two alone, they can play with a lot of people, but now they are playing Milton at 80-41 winner over Discovery, a game in which they just ran away from Discovery, and I think they are going to run away from Walton. I worry about if Walton can handle the pressure in the full court setting and then the foot speed and just overall skill level of Nia Smith and then London Walker is going to be tough for Walton to corral. So I am going with Milton to beat Walton. And lastly, we have Carrollton, a 49-41 winner over Hillgrove. They pulled away late. It was a fairly close game throughout when I turned it on to the NFHS network. Now Carrollton plays Lowndes, who was in a dogfight the entire time with the four-seed Brookwood. 52-42 winner over Brookwood. Um, Carrollton's going to have to go down to Lowndes, so I think that's going to be tough. But I do think Carrollton has that defensive mentality that they can clamp down and make things difficult for Lowndes. Lowndes, um, the fact that it was such a nip-and-tuck game against who I felt like was a much better than their record shows, four seed Brookwood, 7-21 um, and 21 only. I think Lowndes is going to have to play much better if they want to beat Carrollton, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do so. Carrollton 
is much more battle-tested than Lowndes. I think, again, we're going to see a game that's probably going to be played in the 30s or 40s, uh, but I think Carrollton's comfortable in doing so, and I think Deja Preston and company make just enough plays to win that game. So I am going with Carrollton to top Lowndes. Now moving on to Class 6A. Picked 15 out of 16 games correctly. Let's start at the top left-hand side. Veterans, a 63-41 winner over Lakeside DeKalb. Now they will see Brunswick 50-19. They topped Monday's Mill. Brunswick has really hit their stride late into the season. They're playing very good basketball. Some of their best basketball they've played all year long. I think it is the best they've played. But now they're playing a veterans team. And I think this is an interesting matchup. Again, you get Middle Georgia versus South Georgia. Always fun to see how those teams match up with one another. I think veterans has proven that they've been the better team throughout the season. Um, But when you're catching a team on a hot streak like Brunswick, and the fact that you have to travel down to Brunswick, I think that gets a little scary. But I am going to stick with veterans and rely on Naraya Nelson, Rihanna Bird, and of course, Gabby Minus to get the job done. So my pick will be veterans to continue on and move on to the next round. Next up, we have Rome, which if you listen to the podcast, I think we spoke about how Rome plays very good defense. They hold everybody to their lowest point total, well below their season average, and they did it again in a grind fest. A 37-32 win over Sprayberry. And now Rome will travel to Langston Hughes, 64-37 winner over Gainesville. I think, again, Rome will make this a gritty and ugly and smash-mouth game, make it very defensive, and I think they're going to be able to hold down Langston Hughes. Again, maybe see Langston Hughes playing in the 50s in this game. Um, But I do think if Langston does eclipse a 50-point mark, that could be enough to top Rome. I think Langston just has many more weapons than Coach Hughes does, but Brianna Griffin and um, Jeremiah Winston are very good, and Mo Slocum does a great job playing bigger than her size and doing the dirty work at that forward position. But I think Michaela Taylor could be a tall task, literally and figuratively, with what she is able to do in the post. And then you have those, those guards around her and Kyla Green, is very tough. Destiny Givens, another all-region selection. Carol Green, Jasmine Baxter, another big body that can bang down low. Just a lot to choose from for Coach Trice. And I think with that game being at home too, I think that helps a little bit as well. I think Langston Hughes wins this game just for the fact that um, they've beaten a lot of good teams throughout the year. And I do think they're bigger and they have more depth than Rome does. Bottom left-hand side, the one game I got wrong, Thomas County Central blown out of the water by Kyle Snipes' St. Pius Golden Line, 64-42. Now St. Pius sees Woodward, an 82-37 winner over South Effingham. I think St. Pius will be able to scheme well to make this game somewhat interesting, but I do feel like at the end of the day, Woodward's just going to have more firepower and just has those guards in the Cooper sisters, Lauren and Delaney, and then Cameron Herring. Uh, she's really good at getting hot from distance. St. Pius, if they're able to make it a half-court game and use their size and physicality to earn some second-chance points and pound it inside Annabella Sheridan and um, get some other contributions up and down 
uh, that lineup. Uh, Snipes, the freshman, I think she provides a, a mean streak in the paint and will be unintimidated and will be able to carve out some space. Um, but I do feel like Woodward Academy, if they get this game on the perimeter, I think they win this one. But if St. Pius makes it slow and ugly and pushes it into the paint, I think they can hang around. But I do think Woodward and their, their talent level ends up winning out at the end of the day. Next up, we have Sequoia 51-35 over Lasseter. They played North Forsyth 49-16 winner against Alexander. Sequoia has been South or North Forsyth's kryptonite. Check, check what happened last year. Sequoia beat North Forsyth three times a season ago. Of course, roster's much different now. I think North Forsyth, they're going to have to play well. You see what Region 8 did in the first round other than North Forsyth, and it was not pretty. Everybody got blown out um, by close to 30 points. So North Forsyth has not been tested in a long while. You look at their non-region schedule, they did have a nice swing when they went down to see those South Georgia teams and they beat Tiff County by one point. Um, but other than that, they really have not seen a lot of competition, especially once the calendar flipped to the new year. Uh, I'm going with North Forsyth in this one. I think London Weaver and Gabby Gelada have to have big games, and I think they will be able to do so. Um, but if Milani Abdus-Salam is able to be established inside, I think she can be an issue for North Forsyth. But I do think Lindsey Perkle is in the post as well. But never count out a Coach Yarbrough coach team. He finds ways to make things interesting. He gets the most out of his roster most times. And then who knows with that X factor, the freshman Carly Bass, someone North Forsyth has not seen in a varsity setting yet. Um, but I am going to stick with the Raiders at home. Top right-hand side, I was at this game, South Paulding 58-29, winner over Habersham Central. They crushed a young Habersham team, way too big, way too physical, and held Kaya Barrett to just three points. And they were fine with Habersham jacking up threes relentlessly on the perimeter. And South Paulding saw big contributions. Lana Van Dyke, I think she finished with about 19 points. Chloe Van Dyke had four, uh, 11 points. Excuse me. And then Lindsey Henry, I really like that freshman. Another 5'11 banger inside had 11 points. So South Paulding, after winning their first state playoff game in school history, they take on Pope on the road. Pope a 53-44 winner against Etowah. South Paulding will have the size advantage again. They will be more physical than Pope. Pope does very good stuff offensively. They move without the ball. They do some screening. They do a lot of cutting. South Paulding is going to have to be very fundamentally sound. If this game turns into a rock fight and South Paulding makes it into a, you know, a war of attrition, who is stronger, who wants it more, physically speaking, I think South Paulding has the advantage. If Pope is able to get some clean looks on the perimeter, give Abby Benzman opportunities to get to loose balls. Uh, she scores well on cuts, and of course she can shoot the three. Sister Riley Benzman is going to have to knock down some outside shots as well. Then Meryl Palazzo, I think she's going to play a key role in the paint, defending against South Paulding's bigs, going to have to do so without fouling. Um, South Paulding is a very live dog in this one, an underdog on the road, I think, athletically and size-wise speaking, as you hear me harp on this, I think they have a very big advantage. But like I said, if this game is played more so out on the perimeter when it's spacing the floor and knocking down shots, Pope has the advantage. 
I think I'm going to go with Pope in this one. I think South Paulding has a great puncher's chance, but I think Pope, if they're able to execute their sets and block out on defense, I think Pope wins, but I do feel like this could be a very close game. Next up, Lakeside Evans, a 52-41 winner over Rockdale County. Now they see Maris, 76-22 winners over Houston County. I think Maris is going to constrict Lakeside. I think they will be able to keep Kobe Barnes off the glass, even though she is a handful and she is going to block a lot of shots in this game, I feel like. Asante Porter is going to have to play extremely well on the perimeter and hit some shots. Um, but I think Maris is just too much of a well-oiled machine defensively. Um, they're just from A to B to C. They just move the ball robotically well, very mechanical in what they do, but they do it with a doctor's precision, so they slice teams up. And I think Kate Harpering, um, she's just going to be too explosive. Even if she's not able to get to the rim in the half court as much as maybe she usually does, if Barnes is in there anchoring the paint, I think she's still going to get her points in transition and she still will be able to hit threes at a high clip. So I think Marist wins this one against a Lakeside team who has had a fantastic season. Bottom right-hand side, we have New Manchester, a 53-23 winner over Lanier. New Manchester now sees River Ridge 57-45 against Blessed Trinity. River Ridge has been a bit of a slow starter this year, especially in the first half. I think it was 29-22, something like that at halftime against Blessed Trinity. Um, this is a state title, t at least talent-wise, type matchup in the Sweet 16. This is a huge hurdle for both teams, the defending state champs in River Ridge. I think this game is going to come down to whose style of play wins out. If this becomes, again, a rock fight, a physical, just just a tug of war in the paint, smashing bodies back and forth. New Manchester can make this game ugly under the rim and can do some damage. I think Allie Sweet will play a huge, huge, huge role for River Ridge in this game. She's one of the very best rebounders in the entire state, and she's not doing it like Amaya Brodus does with just her overall physical size and just smashes people in the mouth. Um like uh, the Valdosta State signee does. Uh, you're looking at Sweet, who's very thin but springy, going to UNC Greensboro for volleyball, gets those rebounds super quick off the floor, keeps the ball high. She's going to have to earn some second possessions and then eliminate second chances for New Manchester. The guard position with Agent Zero, Andrea Guilford, going up against Sophia Pearl. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. I I'm very curious to see who Michaela Roberson Robertson draws defensively. I would assume it would be uh, possibly Guilford or whoever they deem their top scoring option is on the perimeter. Um, possibly even Jocelyn Faison, who's been really good and was a region player of the year in Region 5, a co-region player of the year for New Manchester. Uh, Kayla Cleveland, the region player of the year for River Ridge. I think she's going to have to hit some shots. She's going to have to do her thing, banging in the paint, grabbing rebounds. I think they might need her more so on the glass and maybe even offensively since River Ridge can really share the ball a lot. Maybe look for Kyla Canty to hit some key shots in this game. I think this will be a fun hold on to the hold on to your seat, wide knuckle ride the entire way. Uh, as I mentioned, really good players on both sides. 
Uh, these two teams met in the Sandy Spiel Fall League this year. New Manchester was the only team to beat River Ridge. But River Ridge, I believe they had only two varsity players and were playing with four players at one point. Had an eighth grader in there and some JV players. And it still took um, somewhat of a miracle for New Manchester to win that game uh, when uh, River Ridge kind of ran out of gas with all those players. But again, that Fall League, it means nothing at all. I think River Ridge wins this game. I think it will be close. But River Ridge, their ball movement, their outside shooting. And then I would be remiss if I did not mention Finley Parker. I think she plays a huge role inside. Again, helping on the glass, blocking shots inside, and then being able to stretch out the floor and maybe create some mismatches offensively. So I'm going with River Ridge, even though I do think this is the type of team that could make things very interesting for them if they turn it into a physical war. But I'm going with River Ridge at home and relying on that guard play to make it a very free-flowing offense and able to get enough stops defensively. And bottom right-hand side, Glen Academy, 63-59 over Morrow. Now they see Tiff County, 64-22 winners against Riverwood. It feels like Glen, Count, or Glen Academy is a, a sneaky good team, but they're going on the road to Tiff County, a team that has been very good all season long with Jemiah Cushion at that lead guard spot. I'm going with Tiff County in this one. I think Glen Academy um, makes it close and makes it interesting, and I am very curious to see how these Region 1 versus Region 2 matchups shape up. Uh, but Tiff County is my pick. I feel like they've seen better competition. They've secured some very nice wins throughout the year. But Glen Academy with Martin Davis is a team to keep an eye on. In Class 5A, hit on 14 out of 16 games. It gets extremely tough now in this Sweet 16 round. I think we have some great, great matchups. Top left-hand side, Statesboro 70-24, winner over Shambly. Now they travel to Union Grove, 65-50, win over Northgate. I was a little bit surprised to see that score so high, but that just proves that uh, Union Grove can put some points on the board when needed. And I think they're going to be able to or are going to need to score some points against Statesboro. Statesboro with Alyssa Staten inside going to Northeastern is a big monster on the block. Rebounds, blocks a lot of shots. I think we said she's a 1,000-1,000 player, 1,000 points, 1,000 rebounds at six foot four. Uh, she is going to be a load to deal with. But Union Grove, they don't have that size, but they have springy, quick, strong athletes that are about 5'11", 6 foot. Nadia Smith will play a huge role in this game if she's able to space out the floor, especially if somehow um, Staten draws her defensively and they play man-to-man. Uh, you could see Smith use her quickness to get downhill and get to the basket. I think Mariah Miller is going to have to play a very big role as well for Union Grove. And then at the point guard position, Jordan Brooks protecting the ball, taking smart shots, finding her shooters like Alexis Parson as well on the perimeter, Julia Baker playing good defense. Um, but you got to keep an eye on Rhea Johnson for Statesboro, one of their top players, one of their leading scorers all throughout the season. Uh, she is that second head of the inside-out tandem between her and Alyssa Staten. I'm going with uh, Union Grove to win this game. That's who I've been riding with the entire season, but I do think they can pose some issues, this Statesboro team, um, with Johnson and Staten inside. Staten had 19 points and 15 rebounds in the last round. Uh, but Union Grove is my pick. Having Statesboro travel up uh, could play a factor. 
I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a nip and tuck game, but if Union Grove can get this at their pace and kind of control things and control the backboards, I think Union Grove wins. Next up, a game I got wrong, Kell 56-47, a winner over uh, Hiram. And again, I said in the podcast, Kennedy Deese transferring over in the middle of the season from Mount Perrin uh, turned a lifeless program into a team that has a pulse. And she had 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 steals in a win against Hiram. Uh, if she doesn't transfer over, Kell's not in the state tournament, I don't think. Or if they are, they are scratching their way to a four seed. But it's always nice to add your best player in the middle of the season. I'm sure a lot of teams would love to have that happen uh, as well. But Kel gets Deese and Kel gets a first-round win. And now they run into Maynard Jackson, an 80-27 winner over Flowery Branch. I think Maynard Jackson wins this game running away again. The pace of play they play with, that full-court press, they're really going to challenge whoever is in the backcourt for Kell. They're going to turn them over. They're going to whip the ball around. They're going to hit some threes between the corner sisters. I think they're very, very tough. British McKinley inside is a strong forward as well, going to Edward Waters. I just like this Maynard Jackson team a lot, and I do not foresee them getting upset in the Sweet 16. Bottom left-hand side, Bradwell Institute went on the road for a ho-hum 58-24 win over Decatur. And if we take a step back, we look at how Region 1 fared in this first round. Region 1 won three out of their four games. Only loss was a four seed. So Region 1 really redeeming themselves from last year. But to be honest, they did play uh, probably the weakest region in the classification. So they go from playing... The toughest region last year, maybe, um, to most likely the weakest region this year. So uh, turnabout is fair play, and uh, I guess good for Region 1 to be able to take a breather in the first round. But nonetheless, they, all those teams had to play well, and Bradwell did in a blowout win. And now they see Harris County, 76-71, winner over Warner Robins. Crazy to think that Warner Robins was sitting in about the middle of the top 10 all season, all season long, and then they end their season on a three-game slide. Big win for Harris County to avenge last year's loss. And now they have Bradwell Institute coming over to them. Um, Bradwell is my pick in this one. Paris Palm, I think she'll be a mismatch. She'll be tough, but Brooke Bass is a really good guard for Harris County. And Janiah Broom can score the ball as well. But I'm going to go with Bradwell in this one. Uh, But it's going to come down to is Palm going to get a lot of help? If she does, I think Bradwell wins this game. Next up, we have Cartersville, 64-48 winner over Cambridge. And now they see Jefferson, who won a tight one with Tri-Cities, 56-49. Cartersville has been Jefferson's bugaboo. They eliminated them last round, or last year. They beat them in the GACA, a GBCA event. I know that means nothing in the summer, but I did witness that. Cartersville, uh, not a super sexy record. They're 16-12, while Jefferson is 25-3. and I think Jefferson having Michael Robbins this year will play uh, major dividends and the improvement of Emery Billings will be big in this one. Game is at Jefferson. I'm going to stick with Jefferson. I think Cartersville is going to be tough. Uh, they got to slow down KK Arnold, uh, Ansley Griffin and company, keep the Camper sisters out of the lane, and then account for Zoe Shiflett, the six-foot freshman that can step outside and knock down some outside shots. But I think Jefferson, if they go to that press, 
and they have a lot of options to turn to. I do think Jefferson wins this one, but I do foresee it being very, very close, and Cartersville does have a very good shot at winning, but I'm going to stick with the Dragons. Top right-hand side, Creekside, a 52-39 winner over Eastside. They will see Dalton 55-32 against Northview. They pulled away in that second half. Dalton is going to be my pick, but it is going to come down to can you corral, don't necessarily have to stop, but how about contain CC Dennis? I'm very curious as to what Dalton will do with her. I think she's going to have the advantage with the foot speed and just the overall skill with how she can score from all three levels. She is by far the head of the snake on this team. You put her on this team, they're a 21 team. You take her off, they're probably a 10-win team if that. She is that good. She accounts for everything. And then you have Sky Cleveland who can hit some outside shots as well. But make no mistake, the game plan to beat Creekside is stopping C.C. Dennis. Um, I'll be interested, as I mentioned, what will Dalton do? Will Kamaria Washington draw that assignment? Will they play some zone? Uh, I'm not sure. But the thing I am sure of is Creekside is going to struggle to match up with Gracie Ridley inside with her springiness, her high motor, getting those rebounds and putbacks. And I think Emma Hefner, if she can be um, very opportunistic on the perimeter and shoot into those passing lanes and get some transition buckets, I think that bodes well for Dalton. And the game is at Dalton, and that is one of the tougher places to play in North Georgia. So I am going to stick with the Catamounts in carpet country. Next up, Eagles Landing, 76-66 winner over Northside Columbus. They play Arabia Mountain, 62-42 against Jenkins. I'm going to go with Arabia Mountain here. They got all those freshmen on that roster. Um, a very, very young team, but they have had a great season. It just feels like Coach Jackson always wins games. And now they are seeing Eagles Landing with Trinity Grant inside, a big body that is going to be able to control the paint, block shots, and rebound, and Indigo Brown as well. A dangerous guard threat. I think Eagles Landing has a very good opportunity to win this game, but I am going to stick with Arabia Mountain, although I will say this is one of the tougher teams Arabia Mountain has seen in a long, long time, uh, especially considering Region 4 is just not strong, and their non-region schedule was average at best, but I will go with Arabia Mountain. Next, on the bottom right-hand side, Loganville was defeated 60-33 to 30, 60 to by Midtown, and now Midtown sees GAC, a game I got wrong, 58-46 winner over Calhoun. Uh, Mila Benton and company did not want to go out quietly. A nice win over a Calhoun team, which was up and down all year long. Now GAC, they inch above 500 at 14 and 13, but I think they'll have their hands full at Midtown and that press they play. Devin Bachman's a really quick guard. Sinclair Richmond can knock down some outside shots. Kate Barden is just a flat-out hustler. Haley Bachman, uh, or Haley Wartman inside is a big body that has really improved the season. And Brianna Lewis is the one we often forget about, the senior who does a little bit of everything. I think Midtown wins this game. But GAC with Benton and Scoop Johnson, if they get really, really hot, uh, they certainly can win this game. This game is at GAC. But Midtown, the overall body of work, I trust that. So I will go with Midtown just to be able to beat GAC with the numbers that they can come at them with. Next up, Jones County, 62-32, easy over McIntosh. They play Ware County, 54-19, winner against Lithonia. Ware County 
is, oh boy, they had a tough go with um, Jones County last year in the first round when Ware was the one seed and Jones was the four seed and Jones went to Ware and defeated Ware County. I'm sure that's been sticking in their crawl. Again, I saw these two teams play in the GBC. Again, that means nothing at all, but Jones County won again. And I think Jones County is going to win again at Ware County. Even though Ware County, good team, but Jones County coming out of Region 2, a super tough region as we have harped on. I think they'll be able to make this a physical game. They're going to play good defense. Carly Skinner is going to knock down some shots. Amaris Ridgeway is a very good player that is picking up some offers. I think they will have enough to beat Ware County, and I think it will be a close game. But Jones County having that experience of coming there, been there, done that before, I think that bodes well. Could see this game going either way, but Jones County is my pick, and I'm going to stick with it. We did pretty well in Class 4A, 15 of 16, correctly predicted. Top left-hand side, Trinity Christian, a 64-44 winner over Bainbridge. Now they see Baldwin 84-5. They held Southeast Bullock to five points. I have seen Southeast Bullock in person. Um, I thought they'd score a little bit more than five points, but not much more, but a dominant win for Baldwin. And I think Baldwin is going to be way too big and physical up the middle for Trinity Christian. Gabby Grooms is going to have to take a lot of shots in this game, and she will have to score a lot of points. But I just don't think her and Madison Bennett are going to have enough juice to be able to hang with Baldwin. I think that game is just going to be dominated in the paint by Janae Walker. And then Madison Ruff, she is going to be able to get downhill and create for others. So Baldwin big over Trinity Christian. Next up, Southwest DeKalb, 71-68 winner over Northwest Whitfield. Kennedy Baker scored 31 points in the loss. Southwest DeKalb is going to have to play a lot better if they want to beat Stockbridge. 73-49 victors over Cherokee Bluff. And again, these two teams hooked up earlier in the year. Stockbridge won that game 60-57. I could foresee this game being extended. I think Stockbridge would win by more than that this go-around. I think Southwest DeKalb um, really has to regain their focus uh, tight win for northwest whitfield and you saw stockbridge really stomp on the gas against cherokee bluff after a close beginning i like stockbridge to win this game and i like them to cover that three-point spread (laughs) that they beat southwest by earlier in the season bottom up hand side fayette county 53 36 winners over shaw they see burke county 41 40 over west lawrence Leslie Lawrence gets the job done. Burke County versus Fayette. I'm going with Fayette in this one. I think Fayette County with that young cast of characters that is only going to get better and better and better. I think they have a chance to make a run at things. And I think Anaya Ferguson inside and then Dale McCoy on the perimeter uh, with Andrea Hope and Megan Ohande and all of them, I think they're just going to be too powerful for Burke County. But I do feel like this game could be close. It still is a team that hasn't had a ton of experience on the road in playoff games, or at least successful experiences on the road in playoff games. They're going to Burke County. Going to be a long drive. Um, but I do like Fayette County to pull it out. Next up, Heritage Katusa, 61-40 over Stevenson. They will play Chester T, 75-52 winners over Woodland. 
Stockbridge, Riley Black going to West Georgia had 35 points, 20 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, she is the show for Chester T. And I think Heritage is going to sell out to trying to stop her uh, and get the ball out of her hands as much as possible. I expect them to be aggressive in trying to do so. And I don't think they or any other team should be able to sleep at night or live with themselves if they let Riley Black drive to the basket and score at will. You know what she's best at, and she is almost unstoppable at doing so. But I know Heritage will try and take that away and force the likes of Addison Boyd, Caroline Bull, and Peyton Cable to beat them from the three-point line, which they are very much so capable of doing. Uh, I'm going with Chess T here. I don't think Heritage has seen a player as good as Riley Black all season long. Matter of fact, I know they have not seen a player of that talent level. But if Heritage wins this game, I think you're going to look for Kayla Lopez to make smart reads on offense, use that ability to get others uh, involved, play make downhill, find the open man, and then the region player of the year, Macy Collins. She has to play like the region player of the year, and she has to provide uh, what I would think is a double-double. She has to give you at least 15 and 10 in this game for Heritage if they want to be able to match up because her toughness and her physicality against a player such as Riley Black, um, she has to be up to the task whenever they lock horns, whether it's on switches or meeting each other as far as rebounding goes. She can match her as far as physically speaking, but that aggressiveness of Riley Black is something that you just don't see at the high school level. Uh, I'm going with Chesty here, but Heritage, if they're able to execute their game plan and hit some shots and then... Uh, really try and make other players beat them. They could have a chance here, but I'm going with Chester T. Top right-hand side, North Oconee hung 88 points on Pace Academy, 88-65, and now they see Sonoraville 72-53 winners. Going to be tough for North Oconee to go to the furnace. I do feel like North Oconee uh, has more, more basketball acumen as far as true basketball players. Sonoraville's more um, multi-sport girls, but Sonoraville is so exceptionally well coached and Sonoraville's players will run through a brick wall and they will make this game extremely difficult for North Oconee. If North Oconee is not ready for a physical, tough, grueling defensive war, I think they can wilt uh, in the heat of the furnace. I'm going to go with North Oconee though. I just think Kendall Wells could be a big factor in the paint for this one. And if Yaya Peavy and Lolly Willis are knocking down three-pointers, I think that stretches out that zone and allows North Oconee to win this game. I think North Oconee advances past Sonoraville, but they're going to have to play very well to do so. Next up, we had a disgrace between Wayne County and Spalding. It was an embarrassment to the sport and an embarrassment to everybody involved. Both teams forfeit losses with a brawl that you could find on social media. Um, just a terrible, ugly situation, and both teams might be banned for the postseason next year as well and there's going to be tons of suspensions and rightfully so it was a disgusting act and shame on all involved and even shame on the referees for not being able to identify the pushing and shoving that was happening earlier before all hell broke loose so shame on everybody involved in that it was an embarrassing affair at Wayne County and Stars Mill they will advance on to the Elite Eight after beating Westover 66-34. Bottom right hand side 
I got this one wrong. This was the one I got wrong. Luella defeated Walnut Grove 55-51. And now they will see Holy Innocence, an 88-23 winner over Cedartown. I think Holy Innocence with Munchie Worthy inside. And then Haley Swain, Zina Preston, um, Elena McMasters, and just go down the list. I think they're going to be too strong and too well-bounced around the perimeter and inside with, uh, with Worthy blocking some shots and getting some rebounds. I think Luella, uh, the fact they made it to the Sweet 16, I think it's a very big success. And I know they're going to come in this game with Milani Smith, and she's going to be firing up shots. And I think Angel Thomas is back, and she can make a big impact as well. But I am going with Holy Innocence. They have just been a better team throughout the season. So no reason to think that all of a sudden stops in the Sweet 16. Next up, Griffin, 57-18. They destroy New Hampstead. New Hampstead out of Region 3 that put a total of one team into the next round with Burke County. Um, but Griffin, a blowout win, and now Griffin sees Hardaway a 79-29 winner over Troop County. Hardaway is a good team. I don't know if they get as much credit as they deserve statewide other than from, I guess, C-State rankings. I don't check out any other state rankings. I'm sure they're ranked pretty highly elsewhere. But Hardaway is good, and I think Hardaway does beat Griffin again with Akila Shelton inside. I think she is the key piece there uh, with some other, you know, Michaela Johnson. And they have other key contributors. Uh, Adija Burrell is really good. Uh, I just like this team. Janiah Hardy, they got a really nice, strong, sturdy starting five that plays their role well. And I like Hardaway to get past Griffin. In Class 3A, 15 of 16, we predicted correctly. Top left-hand side, Monroe ran rough shot over Richmond Academy, 7-29. 70-29. I think uh, KJ Acree had a triple-double or was very close to it. Um, Just too dominant. Got into that full-court press, and I watched it a couple minutes, and you could just see her picking off steals and going coast-to-coast and doing whatever she wanted. They will now play Mary Persons, a 56-33 winner over Liberty County. Uh, traveling to Mary Persons, uh, Anijah Lucier is going to have to play a big role with her, her athleticism and her versatility in this one, especially if she draws the assignment of trying to slow down a Keandria Cree. But I am going with Monroe. I think Sierra Lunsford makes an impact around the rim. And then Taylor McKenzie uh, knocks down some outside shots. So I am going with Monroe to win on the road and go to the Elite Eight. Next up, White County, part of that Region 7, uh, making a statement, planting the flag. Region 7, they swept Region 6 away. And not many, if any, and the answer is none of those games were remotely close. White County, 70-38, to over Ringgold, easy peasy. Now they see Franklin County, who beat Carver Atlanta 71-51. Carver Atlanta out of Region 5. Region 5 swept away everybody losing and everybody losing in a fashion that was not very close. So we saw that happen. Uh, Franklin County runs into White County. White County is better than Franklin County. Anything goes this time of year. But White County, all of a sudden, now they have a home game in Cleveland, Georgia. It's going to be packed out. Home game is a three seed. That's amazing. I think Kylie Watkins gets back to her um, 
abilities to scoring in the post. I don't think she hit her 20-point mark snapping a four-game stretch, but she's been really good lately. Emma Lightsey knocking down threes. I don't think Franklin County is going to have the guard play or the firepower to keep up with White County. Bottom left-hand side, Morgan County, 49-41 winner over Doherty. A close game that they were able to extend late. A nice win. Jaden Young having a big performance there for the Bulldogs. Now they see Calvary Day, 70-37 against Pike County. Morgan going to have to go on the road in the hostile environment in a small gym at Calvary Day. I'm going with the Cavaliers to win this one with Destiny Godine, Bree Jones, and the rest of that supporting cast, Zorik Geiger, I believe. I'm going with the Cavs. Coach Jackson continues to roll on in his first year on the job. Next up, Pickens beat Cahola Creek 71-46, and now they see Hebron 89-12. Winner over Cedar Grove. Pickens is going to be well coached enough. Hey, they're going to be prepared. They're going to have the entire city backing them. I think a lot of people throughout the state will be backing them as a, a smaller public school, but I do not foresee them beating Hebron. Hebron is too big. They have too much depth. Um, they're too skilled, and they just have way too much. But I know Caroline Mullins and Allison Steinhauer and Isabella Hopkins, they're all going to leave it on the floor, but I do not, and I don't think anybody other than the Pickens County uh, Dragonettes, that program, believes that they can hang with Hebron. Top right-hand side, Oconee County, 53-40 winner over Sandy Creek, and now they get Wesleyan, a 72-45 winner over LFO. Wesleyan is my pick here, chit-chat right, and Brianna Preston, when they want to, they can flip the switch and just be unstoppable. I think Julie... Azeltine has had a great season for Oconee County, and I think Elizabeth Wynn will be asked to rebound and provide some toughness in the paint, and Eliza Oxley, with her ability to get down to, get downhill, will help, but Wesleyan is going to be much too fast, especially in the press, and uh, you get chit-chat, some downhill drives, and some kicks to the corner of Eva Garabadian, who's going to Georgia College. I think that can extend this game. I think Oconee uh, hangs around maybe for that first quarter, but then Wesleyan steadily pulls away throughout and advances on to the next round. Next up, Savannah Country Day, 49-38 winner over Upson Lee, and they traveled across Creek 60-32 against Thomasville. Cross Creek is my pick here. I think these two teams may have hooked up in the postseason last year as I do a quick fact check. Uh, yes, they did. They did hook up last year in the first round, and it was a very close game, 60-55. to 55. Cross Creek won at home against Savannah Country Day. They have home court advantage again this year. Um, they don't have Cat Johnson, a foot four forward anymore. Savannah Country Day doesn't. Uh, Stella Alstig can shoot the three very well, but I think Michaela Bogans, just her overall speed and pace with the ball is going to be a lot and I think she is going to make enough plays to get the Razorbacks into the Elite Eight. Next up, on the bottom right-hand side, Hart County drilled Douglas 64-44. High point commit, Dakota Phillips was doing her thing. I, I tuned in for one or two possessions, and I saw her hit a pull-up three, canned it off the dribble from the top. Uh, and that was all I needed to see in that route. And now they will play Dawson County, 59-28. They crushed a day or so. They got off to a really hot start. Kendra Coker was knocking down outside shots. Everybody got involved. A very balanced game. Pounded it inside with their size. 
Um, ooh, that was a very big win for Dawson County to get back on track after falling to the four seed. Hart County was my initial pick when we started this. I think Dawson County has more options you have to take away um, with Abby Slayton. Um, Morgan Chester's going to Young Harris. Eva Bishop inside is a big, tough body to deal with. Maddie Suda. I think Dawson has more options that can score the ball. Hart County is going to be 100% predicated off what Dakota Phillips does, not only as a scorer but as a facilitator as well. This game is going to be at Hart County. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I want to pick Dawson in this game because I do feel like those reasons mentioned, if you slow down one player, I think you have a very good opportunity to win this game. Um, I'm going to go with Hart still. Just looking at what these two teams did last year. Dawson beat them in their state tournament run a year ago. So I think there is some familiarity. Uh, it was a 41-34 win in the first round. Dawson beat Hart County. Hart County had a couple of transfers move in in the offseason that have provided a little bit of depth. Um, I'm going to stick with Hart because that was my initial pick, but I kind of feel like Dawson County might be the favorite in this game. But I will go with Dakota Phillips um, to pull a rabbit out of her hat and to get the Bulldogs to the Elite Eight. But I'm telling you, Dawson County has a terrific opportunity to win this game just with their overall balance of the roster. And lastly, we have Peach County beat Beach 61-46, and now they travel to Carver-Columbus 88-55 winners over Harlem. 88-25 winners. So Carver, I have Carver racing past Beach. I think they're just going to have too much size, speed, and depth. Um, Jasmine Thornton will be an issue for Peach County to try and stop. So I have Carver advancing on to see a Hart County team in the Elite Eight. Down in Class 2A, 14 of 16 we hit on. One we definitely did not hit on was a Final Four team. A Final Four casualty in the first round is never a good sign. Thompson defeated at Sumter County 51-41. I'm sure Jessany Scott had a major hand in that on paper upset. Now Sumter County sees Central Macon 61-31 winner over Tombs. Of course, Central Macon has so many injuries, uh, losing two starters um, midway through the season. Eliah Grain has had to do a lot of the heavy lifting, scoring the ball. Uh, Grain versus Scott will be a really good matchup. I think Central Macon has more balance around um, their guard play as Sumter County does. So I'm going to go with Central here. I think Jazz Johnson needs to have a big game, not only defensively, but as a six foot, six foot one wing. She's got to hit some threes and she's got to make some plays um, off the dribble as well. And I think her ability to clean some rebounds up will be big. I'm going with Central Macon at home to defeat Sumter County in what should be a pretty competitive game, but I think Central Macon uh, pulls away as I know who to focus on, and I do not think they will let Jesney Scott alone beat them. Next up, we have Fannin County blew out North Cobb Christian 65-37, and now they see Columbia a 62-35 winner over Providence Christian. 
Columbia is my initial pick here. I'm not 100% sold on it. I think Courtney Davis will give Columbia hell. I think Columbia is coming out of Region 5, which is a very weak region. We kind of figured that out after the first round. As you saw, McNair get blown out by almost over 50 points. Um, you saw Callaway, the two-seed, lose to Athens Academy by three in the first round. And then Landmark Christian game I was at got boat raced by Union County. Um, I'm going with Columbia. Uh, I think their athleticism inside Kamaria Robinson protecting the rim could be a key factor here. Um, but they're going to have to play exceptionally well if they want to beat Reese Lewis, Macy Hawkins, Jay Sanderson, and then Courtney Davis, a three-time region player of the year, going to Young Harris. Um, she's going to come out firing, and if she's hot early on, and if Columbia is not fundamentally sound, if they are going under screens, if they are not uh, trapping screens or going over screens, they're going to be in trouble. I'm going to stick with Columbia, but I think Fannin County has an absolutely fantastic chance to win this game. Bottom left-hand side, Josie 71-32 over Worth County. Now they see Brantley County 75-35 over Jordan. I am going with Josie here. I think Josie has all the pieces to make a state title run with the size inside and the playmaking guards of Keisha Henderson uh, doing damage and Carrie Fluellen. I really like her a lot. I don't think Brantley County is going to have anything for that tandem. And then on the backboards, Shania Sanders, Jemiah Jenkins. I just think that's going to be a tall task for Brantley County. So I like Josie to go on the road and secure the victory. Next up, model 67-37 easy over Farrell. They play Banks 73-17 against McNair. Really good matchup, Northeast Georgia versus Northwest Georgia. What pocket of the state is better? I typically tend to lean towards the Northeast as far as girls basketball goes. This game is at Banks. It's going to be a tough one. I really do like this model team. It's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think they match up pretty well against one another. Um, but the game is at Banks. Banks trying to make it back to a state championship. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Carly Seeger. She's going to have to play big inside. I think she might have an advantage against the model post players. Uh, Sadie Rotten's going to have to knock down a, a handful of shots from the perimeter for model. I think August Betts, her springiness inside for model, will have to play a big role when competing against the Leopards. But the Murphy sisters are tough on the perimeter. And then Addison Horde. The point guard, I think she makes them go, Banks County. And I think Banks County has the best point guard on the floor. And they have all the experience as well. And they are at home. So for that reason, I do like the Leopards to get past model. And I think a game that should be very close throughout. Top right-hand side, Union County, 62-35 over Landmark Christian. That was a blowout. That was a game I was at. Ariel McCarter scored 15 points, eclipsed 1,000 points on her career. Caitlin Brown, a great hustler. Lara Turner, I discovered, I believe, a tear in her patella, if I'm not mistaken. So she is out, has missed the past five or six games. That's a very big loss for Union County, but that has opened up the door for Hope Taylor to get more minutes, and she was solid inside, had about nine points and six rebounds, a big body that does well. And uh, Paula Robertson is a really good player. The sophomore lefty gets that pull-up jumper. Um, so an easy win over Landmark Christian. Now they see Murray County 70-34 against Washington. And Murray County, uh, Bailey Winkler inside has had a very good season. She's tough. They had some young players. 
uh, really step up. Miley McClure has been a, a godsend as far as helping this team stay at the high level they were at last year with Ella Dotson and Maddie Knuckles graduating. Uh, she has helped them uh, really not drop off much at all. I feel like they played very well this season. Um, they're going to be at home. It's going to be very tough to deal with. I think Union County certainly has a opportunity to win this game. I think they're steady enough. If they're able to knock down some outside shots, if McCarter and Robertson are hitting, uh, I think Cameron Mole provides some good on-ball pressure, and Caitlin Brown's a terrific hustler. But they're missing Lara Turner. I think that kind of hurts in a game like this. Um, and Murray County is going to execute very well. Callan Ledford, another first-team all-region pick. I'm going with Murray County here. I think Union County, you know, when you go into a game and how I personally feel when you play a game, if you go into a game and you know you're not going to be outsized or out-athleted, as long as the athleticism and the size factor is fairly even across the board and you can make this into a basketball game and not a a track meet or a a matchup uh, uh, just based on, okay, who has the more, you know, natural gifted talent. Uh, I feel really good about that as a coach, thinking that I can X's and O's it and put my players in the best position to succeed. I think Eden County has a size inside to make things tough for Murray, but I do think Murray County at home is just a little bit maybe more well-rounded. But both teams very dangerous, but I do think Murray County might be able to pull away late in this game and secure the victory. But I do feel like Union County does have a chance to make things interesting. Next up, Tattnall County, 54-29 over Southwest Macon. They see Butler, a 57-42 winner over Fitzgerald. I'm going with Butler here. Karen Nemo has been playing exceptionally well right now. She has been carrying this Butler team. Brayla Harris has been their top scorer pretty much the entire season as well. She was a region player of the year. And Fitzgerald, uh, who they beat in the first round, I I think they're going to see a team in Tattnall County that Maybe is a little bit better than Fitzgerald, but I don't know if they're going to be a major leap and bounds better than uh, Fitzgerald was. So I like Butler to win this game. It is at Butler, and I think Tattnall County, I don't know if Janiah Pridgen and company will be ready for Butler. I think it should be a pretty competitive game, but I like Butler to win this one. Next up, a game we got wrong. Callaway upended 55-52 by the Young Athens Academy Spartans. And now they see Mount Perrin, 76-29 winner over Rockmart. A great run for Athens Academy, but they have officially hit their ceiling running into Mount Perrin. I think Mount Perrin is anybody's ceiling. If you're a first-round team like Rockmart and you see Mount Perrin in your draw, you'll win as far as you could go. There's nothing you can do. Mount Perrin will not lose this game, but I think Athens Academy will play very, very hard. Kendall Lawson had a really nice game. Josie Collins is a very good athlete. Millie Pugmire knocking down outside shots. Sally Bullard. The list goes on and on, but those names just unfortunately can't stack up to Jessica Fields, Sierra Alexander, uh, Catala Humans, uh, Jacqueline Murthill. Uh, just too much, too much. And I think Mount Perrin is going to be able to really clamp down on Athens Academy. And I think they're going to be able to hold them under 35 points. And I think Mount Perrin wins this game. Next up, Spencer, 72-56 over Vidalia. They travel to see Dodge County, 56-40 winners against Washington County. Dodge is going to be my pick here. I think Lyric Green, uh, I think she's just going to be too big inside. 
uh, and they get a couple nice contributions from the guards and some of their young athletic wings. I think you're going to be looking at uh, Javonna Hamilton, who provides that athleticism as a wing forward type player, and then Autumn Rhodes, a very important guard, along with Aubriana Connie. Uh, Coney, I think they're going to have to play a big role, but I think Dodge will be enough to stop the Burke girls, Naomi Burke, and also Alexandria Burke. I'm going with Dodge County with Lyric Green just to be too big and too physical in the paint and to lead the squaws to the Elite Eight. Up next is Class A Division One. I. I was one game away from a perfect bracket, 15 and 16, and the game I lost was an absolute shocker. But we'll start at the top left-hand side. Temple, 79-56, beat Brooks County. McKenna Nix uh, just dominated as that game wore on, and Brooks County had no answer for her. She's going to have to do it again against a really tough Swainsboro team, 68-18 winners over Savannah. Jaden Wynn and Tania Williams, those are two workhorses. I'm going with Swainsboro in this one. But if McKenna somehow is able to win that war on the glass against Williams, who I believe has – a thousand rebounds are as close to it. Uh, they could have a chance, uh, but I'm going with Swainsboro at Swainsboro to beat Temple and to end a very good season that the Tigers have enjoyed. Next up, Galloway 62-18 over Armucci, and they will play. No, it's not Oglethorpe County, who was 23 and two. I believe they were ranked number five in the state. 23 and two, Oglethorpe County. Drilled at home 57-40 by Elbert County, who was 7-21. If you don't think Coach Josh Jones is one of the very best coaches in the entire state, you are sadly mistaken because he is proving it time and time again at Elbert County. No, this year it is not with a bunch of scrappy seniors. It is with a bunch of scrappy, tough-nosed freshmen. They are only going to get better and better. And the fact that they went in there and punched Oglethorpe County in the mouth and shut down the likes of Denham Goddard and Kenzie Henderson. I, that is absolutely stunning. Galloway is going to have to be on major upset alert now because that game right there, that game right there shows you that Elbert County can very much so punch above their weight class. And these two teams, I believe they hooked up last year. Uh, we saw that in, I want to say, the Final Four. I actually called that game. Elbert County stuck around with them uh, for a good chunk of it, but was playing a little bit of catch-up. They ended up losing 70-57. to Both teams not as talented on paper as last year, but Elbert County, if they go to that triangle in two, has given them some great success this year. I would not be surprised if they turn to it again against the Thompson sisters. Galloway is going to have to play well. They have the home game. I think their talent is going to reign supreme. I think D. Stokes will be able to do damage on the backboards. But Audrey Lunsford and the rest of this Elbert County team is extremely scrappy and too young to know that they probably shouldn't even be here right now. Elbert County, I think they fall on this one. But absolutely a successful season after that huge upset win over Oglethorpe County. Bottom left-hand side, Heard County 51-43 over Bacon. Heard County, Jaden Boykin and company, that was just a game I felt like uh, Heard County had the advantage in with their star player, uh, a very good one at that. Um, so I got Heard County playing Bryan County, a 56-38 winner over Bleckley. 
Uh, Bryan County, they have the game at home. I think that's going to play a big factor, but I do think Heard County has a great opportunity to win this game. As I mentioned, when you have a star player on your roster, you feel like you have a chance. I think they have some veterans surrounding her. I think you're looking at Kaylee Wedlow's going to have to play very well for Bryan County. I'm going to stick with Bryan County to win this one, but I don't know if it's going to be a, an easy one. I think Heard County is going to play them extremely tough, and I'm not surprised if Heard wins it, uh, but I'm going to stick with Bryan. Next up, Mount Pisgah, 69-49, pulled away from Darlington. Morgan Blake going to U-Wash. Division two schools have to be kicking themselves. She dropped in 29 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 steals. Crushed Darlington, and now they see Rabin County, who blasted Jasper County, 63-32. Game wasn't even that close, playing the bench a lot. This is a really fun matchup. I think both teams have a lot of talent on the roster. Um, again, Raven County, when you have two Division One guards with over 100 threes made, that's big. I think the team that makes the most threes in this game wins this game. Morgan Blake loves to shoot the outside shot as well for Mount Pisgah. Sydney Gland uh, had a really good game, had 20 points in that first-round matchup. Um, Raven is my pick here. I think they're just going to be able to play that free-flowing game and find open shots on the perimeter. I think Chloe Earlywine is going to have to play a big factor in stopping Evia Spencer inside, even though Spencer is not putting up massive amounts of points, but just her toughness on the backboards and rebounding. I think Raven County has a ton of experience dealing with uh, blocking out and physical players with the likes of seeing Athens Christian three times. So I like Raven County to win this game. I think you can see Millie Watts with her hustle really frustrate Mount Pisgah. Game is at home. Mount Pisgah has a ton of talent on this roster, but I don't think they have a Lucy Hood or an Ellie Southards. So I think Rabin County gets by Mount Pisgah in a game that should be a very tight one all throughout. Top right-hand side, Athens Christian 66-14 winner over Social Circle. They play Tryon 48-29 against Paideia. I think Tryon is not going to have the size to compete with Athens Christian. I think Isaiah McCutcheons is going to have to do so much for Tryon, but she already scores a lot. She facilitates. Now you're going to ask a 5-3 point guard to really help out a lot on the glass against 6-3 post presences, Marlene Mamblina, and then uh, Voldy and Basana. I think that is going to be challenging. Natalie Goff gets hot in this one. I think Athens Christian buries Tryon and just overpowers them with their size and firepower. Next up, Dublin 51-37 beat a young Metter team. Now they see Lamar County, 81-33 winners over 0-27 Irwin County. Lamar's my pick. Shy Foster, I think guard play is going to be big in this one. I think Dublin is going to have the size advantage, as I mentioned in the last podcast. they got a lot of 5'11", 5'10 girls, pretty imposing. They can slap on the press, but I don't know if Dublin is as tightly connected as they need to be defensively. I think they can get a little loose at times and maybe lose focus. I think Lamar County is a little bit more... Uh, in tune with what they're trying to do. And I think if you have a big game from uh, Shakiria Foster, Shai Foster, I think they are going to have a chance to win this. And I think another key player for Lamar County would be uh, related to Miss Foster, and that would be, I want to say, Zakiria Foster. Uh, yes, she's averaging uh, about 10 points per game, but Shai Foster uh, – 27 points per game. I think she is going to do damage. I think Nahali Turnley will be a big factor for Dublin in this one. 
Um, but I am going with Lamar County. I think they're quicker than them. And if they do press and get this into the open floor, I think Lamar County with Michaela Watts on the wing will be able to exploit some things. So I do like Lamar County to get past Dublin. But if this game is set and stopped and played in the half court, I think Dublin has the advantage. Bottom right-hand side, the boat is still rowing. Commerce beats Prince Avenue 60-58 to in overtime, and I think the boat is about to take on water against St. Francis, a 62-21 winner over Dade County. Malay Mitchell plays extremely hard, but uh, you're running into the team to beat the best team in the classification in St. Francis, who is just ginormous. Gianni Rogers, a freshman female, knocking down outside shots. Cameron Golson has had some really big games lately. Uh, Amelia Bassett, Alaya Courtenay, goes on and on and on. Samaya Wyatt, the Class A Division One reigning player of the year. Too, 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 too much for Commerce. I will say Commerce, again, does have experience playing big girls with Athens Christian, um, with the guard playing, the quickness, and just so many, so many options for Coach Kennedy to turn to. Commerce is not going to be able to keep up with them. Next up, East Lawrence, 62-38 over Screven County. They play Pelham, a 52-31 winner over Crawford County. The Tanner sisters are tough for East Lawrence, especially Michaela Tanner leads the team in scoring, but I'm going to go with Soraya Chester and Truth Wimberly at Pelham. The game is being played at Pelham. I think that helps out a lot. So I am going with the Hornets to sting the Falcons and make it to the Elite Eight. Lastly, we wrap up in Class A, Division 2, 13 of 16 we got right here. Top left-hand side, Randolph Clay, 55-39 over Telfair County. They see Clinch County, 72-40 over ECI. Clinch County is my pick here. I think Region 1 is extremely tough, however. Region 1 um, nearly swept, and we'll talk about their only loss, which was to the one seed by two points in a little bit. Clinch um, County is going to have to play well. Region 1 is a bull. Randolph Clay is tough, but Tiana Dorsey and Amaria Dean, I think their size and athleticism with primarily Dean is going to be enough, and that game is at home. I'm going to go at Clinch County to top Randolph Clay. Next up, Chattahoochee County, 57-35 over Bowden. They play Johnson County, 52-50 winner over the four-seed Towns County, a game I got wrong. I don't know how to feel about this one. I'm going to stick with my initial pick of Chattahoochee County, but good for Johnson County topping Towns to make it to the Sweet 16. But Chattahoochee County um, was my pick at the initial onset of the podcast, and I am going to stick with Chatco. Bottom left-hand side, Early County 62-30 winner over Trutland. They will play Montgomery County 71-45 over Charlton County. Early, again, I'm sticking with Region 1. I think it's a really tough region. Montgomery County has two girls, and it's Marley Bell is a superstar uh, that you really have to stop. If you can contain her, if you can keep her to 20 points, that's a win for you. Um, But Amiri Banks is a very good second option, but it's those two. And if you're able to X out one of them or hold one of them under their season average and not let the other one explode for 15 points over their season average to account for that, I think you're in good shape. And I think I'm going to go with Early County, Jacoria Russell inside. I think she is going to be a problem in this one. Bottom left-hand side, we got it wrong. Christian Heritage protects home court 57-50. Carly Bramlett with a big game. 
beat Macon County. And now you see LOA 59-27 winners over Twigs. I'm going with LOA. They've been there. They've done that before. Georgia Bosart is going to be a a first-team all-state selection again, it feels like. Uh, She just always finds ways to do it. Ansley Patchett has come on strong this year. This game is at LOA. I do think Christian Heritage has a good chance of winning this one. But LOA, it's a team that has really caught fire down the stretch after struggling a little bit early on, trying to figure out the pieces with all those seniors that graduated from last year's team. Um, But the Titans are tough this time of year, and I'm going to stick with them. Top right-hand side, Warren County, 61-32 over Wilkinson County. Now they play Green Forest, 59-45, winner over Schley County. Much, 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 much closer than I expected. I will go with Green Forest here with all that size inside to just dominate in the paint. Uh, Warren County does have Courtney Bray and Jaylee Allen, two really good young guards, but I'm going to stick with Green Forest, but I'm curious to see what that margin of victory is if they win this game. Next up, we got it wrong. Portal, their Coach of the Year campaign continues over there for the Panthers. 51-40 win over Turner County. They play Wilcox County, the one seed. They won 52-50 to Terrell County, who fell to the four seed in Region 1 and is much better than a four seed. But Wilcox County, they cleared that hurdle. I think it gets a little bit easier now, and I do think they take care of Portal. Bottom right-hand side, Green County, 77-61 winner over Glasscock. They see Taylor County, 74-20 over Mount Zion Carrollton. Taylor County is my pick here, but... Those Region 8 teams, they're pretty tough. They are pretty tough. They put three teams into the Sweet 16. Going to see a couple teams make it to the Elite 8. At least that's what I think. But I'm going to go with Taylor County to top green. Lastly, Atkinson County, 68-54 winners over Jenkins. And now they will see Seminole County, 58-38 over Hawkinsville. Seminole County is my pick. Again, uh, I'm really feeling this Region 1 right now. I think it's really strong and just something that you don't necessarily see in Region or in, in Class A Division 2. You usually see a bunch of junky records in Regions. You don't see a bunch of good records. So I think Seminole County at home tops at Co. a good young team. And there you have it, folks. That is the Sweet 16 preview for the GHSA Girls Basketball State Playoffs. All my previews and predictions, and I will be in the gym somewhere, I'm sure. But until the Elite Eight, I will see you guys in the gym.